Hello. Welcome. As we continue on in our study um, of the Old Testament now, we've uh, we worked our way over the last five years through the New Testament. Now we've been about half a year in the Old Testament on a 15-year journey to take us through the entire Old Testament. And uh, we'll, we'll just keep plugging away and get the whole thing. Um, and it's, a, it's so important to study these things in context. Uh, and I think it's great to do it in a group and it just keeps moving. I, I like the idea of reading uh, a chapter at a time into the church and, and uh, over a 20-year run, I'll get to read the whole Bible that way to everybody. And, and so there's a lot of really neat things that happen with that. You see a lot of things. Um, remember in Genesis, you know, I've been making, there's a lot of different points, obviously, but the main points to remember as, as far as I'm trying to, you know, sort of help you with are that it's four main events and four main characters. The four main events, and I say this every week, so now we're 30 weeks in, you should have this down, right? Creation, and then the fall, and then the flood, the Tower of Babel. Those are pretty significant events. The four main, main characters, a lot of big people, and important people in Genesis, but the four that we really have sort of, the book is about, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, kind of keeps us going. And the Crimson Thread of Redemption, it starts in Genesis 3.15 and works its way through, the scripture, make sure you're aware of that. You know, it starts back with the fall. It's the promise after the fall, and then it moves its way through to the cross where redemption takes place. So those things are important um, on the journey. And Abraham and, and Isaac and, and Jacob. Um, now, Joseph, interesting character. He's going to save Israel here. God's going to use him to save Israel. God saves Israel, but Joseph's going to be the character. But he's not in the lineage, technically. Um, it's, it's one of Jacob's other son who was born in the last chapter. And, and uh, in case you missed that, I don't know if I mentioned it. So the son that's born to Jacob that's going to be in the Messianic lineage is Judah. And that would have been Leah's fourth son. So uh, if you want to go and check your genealogies, there it goes. It goes from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah. And he's the tribe of Judah, right, Jesus? So there you go. And that was son number four, born to Leah last week. Now, um, if you remember, from, you know, from last week, uh, we, we were looking at, and, you know, in the previous chapter, Jacob had gone off uh, after deceiving um, his brother out of the blessing and a you know, very dysfunctional family um, that they had there. And then his brother Esau wanted to kill him, as Douglas was talking about, the guy with the hairy hands and uh, arms. Um, and uh, he wanted to kill him, so they sent him off. They also sent him off to find a suitable wife um, in this journey that uh, is happening is the, you know, to fulfill the crimson thread of redemption. So he doesn't marry one of the local girls. He gets sent off. It's a long way away, hundreds of miles. He finds the family there, and um, he, he sees Rachel. He loves Rachel. He falls in love with Rachel immediately, has to go to work, for her father Laban, who's like a, you know, somehow related in the family, uh, and, uh, and he, um, it's uncle, I guess, goes to work for him uh, for seven years in order to have Rachel as his wife, and then Laban is also a huge schemer and deceiver. He swaps daughters on him because the custom was the first daughter has to be married first. He didn't mention this in their deal, um, but he swaps daughters. Uh, Jacob gets Leah. Um, you know, and, and he's like, what did you do? And he said, well, I'll give you Rachel too, but you need to work for another seven years. And so he lines him up for another seven years. Um, Jacob has now as his wives, Leah and Rachel. Leah, as we saw in the last chapter, she had four children, four sons right away. She thought that would win um, Jacob over, but it didn't. 
and uh, we sort of finished the end of the chapter where she has Judah, and she said, this time I'll praise the Lord, and then she takes a, she's got a little break from having kids. Um, we're going to look in this chapter and see it all get kicked up again. It's kind of crazy, but we'll look at that and how, how many, he ends up with 11 sons and a daughter. Jacob does with four different wives, um, and, um, and then he, he realizes it's time to leave. He's, uh, he's more than fulfilled his end of the bargain. He wants to go back to where he came from. Uh, he's earned the right to freedom. He certainly paid off any debt that he had coming, and he wanted to build up the, you know, his own security and future and all those things. Laban, though, is pretty sneaky still, and he does not want to lose his son-in-law um, because he, he's aware of the fact that the, the blessing that's been on him, um, the blessing of God has come through uh, Jacob to him, and, and, and yet he wasn't interested in Jacob's God. What he was interested in is the blessing that was happening through Jacob's God. That's all he cared about. Uh, and, um, and so he, he's trying really to get the most out of this whole process. That's what he does. And, uh, and, and so Jacob's ready to go. This time he's obviously spent some time in prayer because the Lord's been speaking to him about what he's supposed to do. And, and um, so he goes to, uh, you'll see him go to his father-in-law now and he'll say listen this is you know it's time for me to go and Laban says well what do you want you know, name your price basically your wages and he said I don't want anything typical tell you what you don't you, all these speckled um, the, the, the goats and the, the spotted sheep and all those things I'll take them and because they weren't very highly valued just give me them and you can have all the ones that aren't speckled or spotted and you let me have those as my wages. And he said, okay, that's a great deal. And he said, I'll keep them separate from yours. And you can, you can come and check my flock out any time. And if any of them are not speckled or spotted, you, you're, they're yours. You know, they, they're not mine. And, um, and so Laban thought this was a great deal that he was going to get out of this deal. And so it was another six years um, that happens uh, in this journey. And in this period of time, uh, you're going to see Jacob becomes very wealthy um, and it's, it's all because the blessing of the Lord. And, uh, and so, you know, and, and it's kind of interesting when you, when you think about it, 20 years prior when he'd arrived at, at Paddan Aram, um, you know, running from his brother, all he had was his staff in his hand. When he returns, he's going to come with a large family, 11 sons and a daughter, four wives, uh, a whole bunch of flocks of healthy sheep and goats, camels, donkeys, and servants to care for everybody. So it's a pretty significant process in that 20-year period of what's happened to him and where he's going. Okay, so now you sort of know as I read it what's going on, and then I'll talk about it a little bit on the other side. Genesis chapter 30, beginning in verse 1. When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. So she said to Jacob, give me children or I'll die. And Jacob became angry with her and said, am I in the place of God who has kept you from having children? Then she said, here is Bilhah, my maidservant. Sleep with her so that she can bear children for me and that through her I too can build a family. So she gave him her servant Bilhah as a wife. Jacob slept with her and she became pregnant, bore him a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me. He has listened to my plea and given me a son. Because of this, she named him Dan. Rachel's servant Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Rachel said, I have had a great struggle with my sister and I have won. So she named him Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had stopped having children, she took her maidservant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, what good fortune, so she named him Gad. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, uh, Leah said how happy I am 
The women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. During wheat harvest, Reuben went out into the fields and found some mandrake plants, which he brought to his mother Leah. Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. She said to her, It wasn't enough that you took away my husband. Will you take my son's mandrakes too? Very well, Rachel said. He can sleep with you tonight and return for your son's mandrakes. So when Jacob came in from the fields that evening, Leah went out to meet him. Leah went out to meet him. Pardon me. You must sleep with me. She said, I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he slept with her that night. God listened to Leah and she became pregnant and bore Jacob a fifth son. Then Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my maidservant to my husband. So she named him Issachar. Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, God has presented me with a precious gift. This time my husband will treat me with honor because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. Sometime later, she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and opened her womb. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph and said, may the Lord add to me another son. And after Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me on my way so I can go back to my own homeland. Give me my wives and children for whom I have served you and I will be on my way. You know how much work I've done for you. Laban said to him, if I found favor in your eyes, please stay. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. He added, name your wages and I'll pay them. Jacob said to him, you know how I have worked for you and how your livestock have uh, fared under my care. The little you had before I came has increased greatly and the Lord has blessed you wherever I have been. But now, when may I do something for my own household? What shall I give you, he asked. Don't give me anything, Jacob replied. But if you would do this one thing for me, I will go on tending your flocks and watching over them. Let me go through all your flocks today and remove from them every speckled or spotted sheep, every dark-colored lamb, and every spotted or speckled goat. They will be my wages. And my honesty will testify for me in the future. Whenever you check on the wages you have paid me, any goat in my possession that is not speckled or spotted or any lamb that is not dark colored will be considered stolen. Agreed, said Laban. Let it be as you have said. That same day he removed all the male goats that were streaked or spotted and all the speckled or spotted female goats, all all that had white on them and all the dark colored lambs and he placed them in the care of his sons. Then he put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob while Jacob continued to tend the rest of Laban's flocks. Jacob, however, took fresh-cut branches from the poplar, almond and plane trees, and made white stripes on them by peeling the bark and exposing the white inner wood of the branches. Then he placed the peeled branches in all the watering troughs so that they would be directly in front of the flocks when they came to drink. When the flocks were in heat and came to drink, they made it in front of the branches. After they bore young that were streaked or speckled or spotted, Jacob set apart the young of the flock by themselves, but made the rest face the streak and dark-colored animals that belonged to Laban. Then he made separate flocks for himself and did not put them with Laban's animals. Whenever the stronger females were in heat, Jacob would place the branches in the troughs in front of the animals so they would mate near the branches. But if the animals were weak, he would not place them there. So the weak animals went to Laban and the strong ones to Jacob. In this way, the man grew exceedingly prosperous and came to own large flocks and maidservants and men servants and camels and donkeys. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So, that's the story in Genesis chapter 30. Now, here's sort of some of the interesting stuff, I think. It's all interesting. Um, It's interesting, I think, to look now and to understand that each of the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, had wives who had difficulty conceiving children. 
And, and it's also interesting, I think, to note how each man reacted to his wife's predicament, predicament. Abraham had relations with Sarah's servant in order to have his own child, which we understand, you know, did not work well with Ishmael. Isaac, by contrast, prayed to God when his wife was barren, and God eventually answered his prayers. Rebecca had twin sons. Jacob, however, followed his grandfather's example and had children by his wife's servants. So we see things sort of repeating themselves in some way. I also think it's interesting, Isaac did the right thing. Um, Isaac really started well and ended poorly, and the other two guys seemed to not start so great and ended better. So anyway, uh, interesting how it goes. Now, Rachel and Leah were in this um, wicked, cruel sibling rivalry contest uh, about their children and their relationship with Jacob. And, um, and so in the race to have more children, sort of they both gave their servants to Jacob as concubines. Um, this was a practice back then. Uh, and so in offering um, her maid Bilhah to become a, a surrogate mother, uh, Rachel was actually exercising rights she had under the law of land, um, agreeing that, that Bilhah would become Jacob's wife, but that she would actually be the one who raised the children. They would be considered her children. Uh, and the, the phrase in there, build my family, sort of is, is like a legal adoption of any children that, that were begotten by Jacob and born by Bilhah. Uh, and so, um, um, so she gets into the the, the uh, race here. Rachel does, um, and she prayed. And Bilhah conceives, gives birth to a son, um, and she claims as her own. She names him Dan, which um, comes from a Hebrew word that means vindication and judgment. Uh, she called the second son that came from Bilhah Naphtali, which means my struggle. And again, it's talking about the wrestling she's experienced. Um, uh, that she feels because uh, her her sister's more fruitful and, and seems to be more blessed. Now, and remember, too, back then, the, uh, the, it was considered a greater blessing to have a male child. Um, and you can kind of see it. When they finally do have a daughter, Dinah, she barely gets a line uh, in the thing. That was just cultural at the time. Um, and obviously, you know... Uh, women are extremely important in the scripture, so don't hear any of that. I'm just saying from that, that's what's sort of going on. The, the big race was having boy children, which seemed to be a blessing uh, from God to see that way so that they could sort of see who had the best deal going on with, uh, it was all about Jacob's attention. And, and, uh, and so Bill has those two, and then she ceases to conceive any more children. Um, Zilpah comes in and, and uh, so Leah had four kids and then she stopped having kids and she sees Rachel's um, sort of having children through Bilhah and she, she wants to get back in the running. She sees, here you go, here's Zilpah. Uh, you're going to take her as a wife too and she's going to have some children that I can raise as my own. Uh, and uh, she named the first one Gad. Luck has come is what that means. The second one Asher, which means blessed and happy. Rachel finally conceives uh, after all that time and all the things that she'd gone through and she has a son, she names Joseph. Let me say something about the mandrakes there. Uh, there was a superstition that these mandrakes would make you more fertile. Uh, it had really nothing to do with it. It was just the blessing of God. But people sometimes get superstitious. And uh, anybody here ever get superstitious? 
And, and then think, oh, well, that was it. And, and no, that just happened to be part of the story. And they, but, but God is God, mandrake or not. It was just the timing of things and the way it was supposed to happen. And she has, you know, so her first son is named Joseph. And Joseph's the next big character in Genesis that we're going to read about. And um, we're going to watch what happens. So, um, and, the, and the word for Joseph basically means to uh, you know, take away or to, and, and actually the Asaph is to take away and Joseph means to add. And so the combination is what you got sort of. And it's, it's she, it taken away the reproach of being childless and added to her blessings of finally having a son. Uh, and then um, the, the Lord um, may she add another son is, uh, is, is going to happen um, with Benjamin which will eventually lead to her death. But anyway, um, she has Joseph, and he's the next main character, uh, and he would save the entire family during the time of the terrible famine, which we're going to be reading about very soon. So, uh, verse 25-ish, shortly after the birth of Joseph, Jacob, um, his his term that he'd sort of signed up uh, for, uh, the servitude expired, and he wants to get on his own, establish his own family for his, you know, his inheritance for his family, um, and uh, wants to go back to Canaan, um, where he'd come from. And uh, you also see great faith at this point in Jacob's life, because what we're going to know is before this conversation, when we read next chapter, God has spoken to him about this and told him what to do. So uh, you'll see that he'll, he's going to say, before I ever talked, to Laban about this deal. God had told me what to say and how to deal with it and what was going to happen. So he has now, he's dealing and living in faith um, the way that we'd really seen, you know, his, his, uh, his grandfather do and Isaac do at times uh, in their lives. So Laban then, verse 27, um, he's, he's figured out, it's been revealed to him, whatever, that the blessing that he's received is because it's coming through Jacob. God's blessing through Jacob has impacted him significantly. Uh, and, and he's watched and he says, you know, well, the blessing of heaven kind of rests on you. And because of Jacob's management of his stuff, he's, he's become incredibly wealthy. And um, there's something about that. The, the, um, as believers, the, um, when we're doing our best to live as good as we can. Don't get me wrong. I know we all mess up. But um, uh, we can have a tremendous impact on the people around us. You need to know that. Just by being followers of Jesus and just trying to do the next right thing, um, you can have a significant impact on the people around you in lots of ways, ways you can't even imagine. And and, um, Laban gets it. Sometimes people won't get it, but but Laban gets it. And... um, uh, it's a significant sort of thing to remember. And uh, verse 28, the, um, Laban says, well, you know, what do you want to stay? What is it going to take? You tell me and we're going to do it. Uh, and he, he really wants him to stay. And, and so uh, Jacob makes this deal, which um, Laban thinks is a really good deal for him. Uh, but, but because God had already spoken this to Jacob, he knew exactly what was going to happen and he says you know let me have all of these and and the sheep would have been um white and the goats black in in eastern uh, in the eastern area there um and the, there wouldn't have been a whole lot of spotted and speckled ones and and so 
when Jacob said, just give me those, that seems like a great deal to Laban because that wasn't common. They would either usually been uh, all white or all black. And he says, give me everything else. And um, it seemed to be such a great deal to Laban that this was going to work out for him. He had just agreed to it without thinking about it. Now, here's my other thought. All of Jacob's peeled sticks and everything that we read there, uh, same category as the mandrakes. Just sort of Jacob's take on what he needed to do. But God had already said he was going to do it. So um, it was God doing it. Now, there's probably some... Because I guess there was a... There was a thought back then that these bright colors he was talking about would impact the sheep uh, and the goats and it would cause them to, the colors would be different and the kids that came out, that was sort of thought. But he, so uh, he was in it. But he was, he, was, he was really smart, obviously, at managing flocks and he was probably getting the healthiest group together that would benefit him by, by doing those things. But uh, it wasn't his great idea and all of the peeling of the bark and everything happened. It was God. You, ne- you always need to get back to that. It's God who makes those things happen. God said he was going to do it. God was going to do it. Uh, and so, you know, but have you ever had that where God, you know, God's going to do something and then, and then we get all over it? <laughs> and then God still, fortunately God does it. And, and then we realize he probably could have done it without us. But it's good stuff. Um, and then sometimes he needs us to do stuff too. So, you know, well, it all works out. We're just supposed to do what we're told. Uh, but when I read that in the story, I think, oh, well, people, people sort of those things, just like the mandrakes, I don't think it had anything to do with it. It was the blessing of God. Uh, at Bethel, remember when we started this journey, God had promised to bless Jacob, and he certainly keeps his promise. And uh, um, all of these animals that would come out spot and speckled from that time forward, even from that moment, were Jacob's, and there was going to be a whole bunch of them in the future over the next six years. He was going to have huge, and they would be very healthy. They just wouldn't be all white or all black. So um, that worked out pretty well for him. So that's kind of the deal on this chapter. And uh, next chapter gets interesting. Jacob slips out. and Laban's not very happy that he kind of leaves in the middle of the night. And he goes chasing after him. And it looks like it's going to be bad. And they work that out. And and then he's got to go back and deal with Esau. There's some stuff coming up. So uh, very fascinating to watch what happens on the journey. But we'll end it for there. Uh, we'll end it there for tonight. If you go ahead, you can shut the video down. If you're watching my video, thank you. Come and visit. We'll see you soon.